0: All right.
1: This is a full-length bonus episode Because I have a whole bunch of episodes already done So if I was to wait to put this out This would come out in like March And that can't happen So I'm just going to throw it out there next week While people are listening and watching You're listening now But I'm going to call you my friend My... Au- My, this is fucking crazy. And I curse, so I don't give a shit. Um, Everyone knows that who listens. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, (laughs) this is my former TI from basic training from Lackland Air Force Base, Texas. This is nuts because the last time I saw you was on or about May 10th, 1996.
0: Yeah, that probably sounds about right.
1: It's on or about, and I arrived at Lackland 25 years ago, this coming March 20th. Time warp.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, You know, when we were talking earlier today, You said that, and then I started thinking in my head how long it's been for me. You know, it's been thirty-six years for me. You know, March—I came in early March of '85. So when you said March, I'm like, well, there's something, you know. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. What'll really trip your head is when you say twenty-five years, but you say it's been a quarter of a century.
1: Oh yeah, it's it sounds even crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts, dude. All right, there's certain things I I I don't. I'm not even going to try to go chronologically um, because I'm going to be all over the place. I know it, but there's certain things I want to know about you. There's certain things that I have to confess to. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is why I was saying this is crazy for me. It's like, you know, I'm friends with, with a, a bunch of guys that, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with somebody who was in my, the bunk next to me. Yeah. In, in in our flight, which was flight 224. Now yeah. his name is David Buyer. I told him I would give him a little shout out, and um, so he retired. Like he was like, "Yeah, man." A couple of years ago, he's like, "Yeah, I'm done." I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like it feels mm-hmm. like six months ago we were bullshitting. You know what I mean? It's just it's just yeah. how time goes. It's crazy. So I'm talking to all these guys. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm doing a podcast with my old T.I., they're going crazy. And I'm like, who has the opportunity? Like, this I, this is something that I never, ever, ever thought I would have the opportunity to do. Because I do a lot of bands and music and a lot of things like that. But I always go out of the box or whatever. And I do basically whatever I want to do. And I've had the opportunity to speak to a lot of bands that like, I grew up listening to and members of bands Which is really cool because of this, you know, this Zoom thing and just having a podcast. But somebody like you, I never thought that I would ever have because it's on a personal level. It's not like you're in a band. You know what I mean? So it's something that other people might not necessarily get the way I do. And I don't care about that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is cool for me too, you know, so often after after and you have to excuse the expression, after kids leave basic. We have no idea what happens to them.
1: Okay, yeah, no, we have I know. no
0: idea. You know what, where they go from tech school into the operational Air Force and right. do with their careers and stuff like that. Right. So, so this is cool for me too. All
1: right. Well, I'll give you. I'll give um, you a brief history of because when I got to Lackland, I originally was not in your flight. Mm-hmm. I came about a weekend I, I, to, to your flight. And I remember it <laughs> like it was fucking yesterday. I remember I was in Ye- Staff Sergeant yakovic's flight. Yep. And he had a team member. Now, if anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, you have your team leader, which would be Mr. Roschenberger here. And then there would <laughs> be two team members, who, which would like, basically they would like to help when you aren't there for the most part. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember who Yakovic's other team member was besides Staff Sergeant Scott. I don't remember. The only reason Mm -hmm. why I remember Scott is because there was an incident. (laughs) Okay? Um, Now, you have to understand now, if there's veterans that that are listening to this, you know, I'm not going to... I was a stupid, just-turned-20-year-old knucklehead kid from Brooklyn, thinking my shit don't stink, I'm invincible, <laughs> no one's gonna tell me nothing. Stupid knucklehead mentality, you know. Sometimes that's still the case, but I'm an adult
0: now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, you know. Um, so I get off the plane and I remember it like it was yesterday, man, and I don't know how I remember it so vividly, but um, we're underneath the overhang and civilian luggage, and I have my My Yankee hat and had long hair on the top, and I had a goatee and Timberland (laughs) boots and big '90s '90s shit. And um, I remember, oh man, it's all coming. It's like I'm standing there, and I'm just like, whatever. At at first, I'm thinking like, how the hell did I get here? Like (laughs) two days ago, I was in a some shitty bar in Brooklyn, and how the hell am I here right now? I'm looking back and I see the bus is still there from the airport. The doors are still open. I'm like, what would happen if I turned around and just went right back on the bus? You know what I mean? <laughs> so all of a sudden you hear taps, but we don't mm-hmm. see any of you guys. You might have been, I don't know, because it was such a blur when you all presented yourselves to us. You know, so mm-hmm. you might have been within that whole initial welcoming party. But um, <laughs> we hear now i now i didn't know at the time but obviously now i know but in front of us there was the doors to the chow hall so yeah. now all of a sudden we just hear taps like kind of slightly and then louder and louder and then faster and faster cuz you guys were running and you came from <laughs> either side it was like coordinated you came from either side of the building and kicked open the lunchroom door the the chow hall door so it was a bum rush of ti's hats and it was no one yelled at me that day but the guy right in front of me caught hell and broke down and i'm staring at this guy the back of this guy's head and this it's one's talking about his mother and he starts to cry the kids started crying and of course you know that that's blood in the water for you guys
0: yeah, for sure
1: you know, so I'm like, yo man, how the hell did I get here? So I'm like, just don't start yelling at me and thinking about, but I caught a pass that day. Um, so what had happened was a couple of days later, um, obviously you know this, um, because I never told this to anybody like you, so I'm I'm talking to you as if like you're somebody who wasn't there, and it's I don't know. So you know, you, all right. But I also have to kind of explain it so that people who are listening can understand sure. as well. Um, there's something called a night display, right? <laughs> so weird. Um, and the night display, you had your own little area. You had your bed and your wall locker with your clothing drawer and your shoes and boot, your sneakers. Well, because we didn't have the what do you call like the basically the dress shoes. We didn't have those yet.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Low quarters.
1: Low quarters. There you go. I haven't said low quarters in 25 <laughs> years, man. Um, so they have to be a certain way. Your laces have to be untied a certain way. and There's a certain way to display your quote-unquote night display. And one of the things is you have to have your canteen empty and upside down inside the the sling, whatever you call it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Right. So there's me. I have a lot more tattoos now, but I had a few tattoos. And there's me. And of course, let me back up one second. When we all rush into the bay the first night, you just grab your own bed. Whatever bed you grab, you grab, and that's it. And me, of course, I grab the bed directly in front of the T.I.'s office. (laughs) The worst place in the damn house. Yeah. Lights on all the time. Oh, forget it. So I'm there, and everyone showered. Now I don't know how fifty-two guys can shower at the same time and not touch nobody in that thing. <laughs> Fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it happened constantly. So I'm standing there in government-issued, tidy whitey underwear with what you call shower shoes, man. The damn flip-flops on my feet. And that's it. And every other guy is around there, all dressed the same, all half naked. And it was time for, you know, for my uh, night display to be inspected. <laughs> I'm so stupid. So I'm thinking I got my all oh, my shits in order. So, Amifra- <laughs> sorry, Amma Ferrari reports order, my, my area is prepared for inspection. And this is, you know who Yakubic is.
0: Yeah. Little,
1: little guy. Real yeah. little guy. Yeah. Like a little. Full of
0: energy. 100 miles an hour all the time.
1: Like a chihuahua. Yep. <laughs> rit, 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 like little rah, chihuahua, right? So I'm standing there all at attention. And God damn it, man. As soon as he saw it, I saw it. I didn't empty my damn canteen. He acted like I, I don't know, like I burned his house down or something. He went heap shit. <laughs> <laughs> threw, threw my canteen across, took out my clothing drawer, flipped that shit. My bed was halfway off, the mattress was halfway off the bed. Flipping out, flipping out now. I'm just standing there. And as you can tell, I can't hold a straight face to save <laughs> my life. If me and you are in on a joke on somebody, I got to leave the room. I'll give it up. I'm terrible. like that. <laughs> I'm terrible. So I can't hold a straight face. Now, I know that that and at that point in the Air Force, you, you, like, you can't hit us. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that. And I have that in my head. But I'm like, yo, this guy right now is unhinged and I don't know what he's going to do. So I'm biting, I'm almost, I'm a little nervous, but I almost want to laugh at this tantrum that he's throwing. Now you got to mind you, I'm this knucklehead kid from the streets of Rome, right? So I'm just biting the inside of my friggin' lip man hard. And he comes and he's such running up at me and he said something, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I did the worst thing. I I kind of just looked down at him a little bit because I was supposed to be looking straight at attention. Mm. So I broke like my military bearing, and I kind of looked down at him, and I rolled my eyes a little, and I sucked Ooh. my and I sucked my teeth. I was like, 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 come on! Oh my god! The tantrum that he flipped, he flipped out after that twice as much, running around, screaming, yelling at other people because of what I did in my canteen and this and that. And at the same time, here comes Staff Sergeant Scott. <laughs> you know, He's a bigger guy. Yeah. And I remember what he looks like. And he came over, and he was more intimidating because he wasn't bouncing off the walls screaming and yelling. He came over, and he whispered like a little sweet nothing in my ear, you know? <laughs> he was just like, something like, did you really fucking disrespect my, you know, Sergeant Yakovic like that? Or so said the way he said it, I'm like, oh man, like this guy sucks right now, you know? <laughs> so all that shit happens. And then right from there, I was like, target for Yakovic. Like, target, right? Mm -hmm. There was nothing I was able to do. Like there was, I mean, everything. And I don't, if I, if I remembered, I would say it, but I don't remember the exact thing, the catalyst that he made me, we had to go down to CQ to like, I don't know, first sergeant's office or something like that. And he said to him, and I was, and I was like, "Yo, like this is crazy." And I even like, I was like, "Are you crazy?" I even said that to him. He said something like, uh, "I was ma- malingering." Or something.
0: Malingering, yeah.
1: I'm like, like malingering. Like the last thing I want to do is spend more time <laughs> with you. You know what I'm saying? It's the last thing I want to do. So one thing led to another, and I went to you. Now, I remember exactly how this all happened as well. <laughs> Our dorm chief, I don't remember a lot of the guy's first names, but I obviously remember last names. His name was his last name was Johnson, who's this big, big, pasty white guy from like a farmer from Kentucky, right? So you guys happened to be in the chow hall. It was lunchtime. So... I walk in there and there's the whole, you know, other guys in the flight are all online. And so I walk over to him and I, you know, report to him. And I'm basically like, you know, I'm here to see Sergeant Rauschenberger. And he's, and he, I think he was nervous. Obviously he was nervous. It's only like week one of training. So he's kind of, he doesn't know what the hell to do exactly without being nervous or trying not to mess up. So I think he just went, he's inside. I was like, like, he's in, like, he's in over there. I'm like, "Uh, Thank you. So now, and now it is me sitting duck because I'm not with anybody. I don't have a tray. So I have to like walk solo, like through the chow hole, which is if anyone who's listening. <laughs> It's the worst place to be because every T.I. is there and it's chaos. People are getting screamed at to like why are you chewing as you're getting up and all. The, it's, it's so crazy. It's just batshit craziness happening in this giant room. So I'm walking and I, I had I remembered what you looked like from just from doing drill and stuff. I remembered you just because you know, where are my surroundings? And, okay, I've seen that TI before. So I, and once I knew it was you, I was coming to, her, I was like, oh, that guy in my head. <laughs> so now, but I, for, for some weird reason, this is going to sound really stupid, but for some weird reason, I looked, I looked at like you and like your flight and, the, and all that. I was like, I bet he's cool. Like in my head, I was like, I bet he's cool. This guy over here, I don't like this little guy over here. <laughs> but that guy, I think he's cool. So once it was you, I was like, all right. So I reported to you and I re- remember this, like this should happen this morning, man. You looked at me and you looked at my name tag and you kind of smirked a little bit and you went and you kind of like eyed me up and down and you were like, just like kind of wise ass, sarcastic. You were just like, so you're Ferrari, huh? And I was, and right there, again, biting the inside of my lip, trying not to laugh and like be myself. You know what I mean? I was just like, Yes, sir. And then I think you just told me like to go get something to eat or whatever. And then I was in your flight. (laughs) So that was my introduction to you. Fucking crazy that I'm telling you this story. Like I said, (laughs) never thought I'd ever have the opportunity to tell you this stuff.
0: Um, so, so Yakubik, Yakubik eventually became an officer. Uh, I
1: see that happening. Yeah. He
0: was a security forces guy. And last I knew he was a captain. That was before I retired. Okay. So yeah. Um, Scott was in my MTI class. So he was just as new as I was. So when you went through, I had been out of school about eh, eight months or so.
1: All right. So you had put in what, maybe how many flights at that
0: point had you put into the air? Let's see. One, two, three, maybe two, two, four would have been maybe my fourth or fifth. We averaged about nine at that time, about eight, eight or nine flights a year. Right.
1: And how long, how many years were you at TI?
0: So I did two tours. My first, uh, so eight years total, um, I pushed flights, for four of those eight years. So my first tour, I did two and a half years on the street there in the squadron pushing flights. And my second tour, I did about a year and a half.
1: Okay. So now the the, the flyer that I made of, of you, that was mm-hmm. a picture where you had your blue ropes.
0: Right. That was you, my second, that picture is from my second tour.
1: Yeah, because you didn't have your blue ropes when I went through. Now, right. what? Now for people that are listening, obviously, I know a little bit, but you're like, ha, like from... How do you get your blue rope?
0: So first off, the blue rope represents, what it represents is the top 10% of the MTI core.
1: That's what I, that's what I figured.
0: So, um, it's, and it's changed. I don't know exactly how it is now. Back then the way it was, it was a competition. Um, and you were really competing against yourself or you were competing against the requirements. So, um, You had to, uh, the first thing you did is you took the PT test, you know, trainees had to get a 70%. We had to get an 85% and you didn't go to the next round unless you passed each round. Right. It was every round was an elimination round. Okay. So after the, you pass the PT test and then later on that morning, you take uh, a written test and same thing. Everything is 85 or 90% versus the air force standard 70%, you know? Yes. So uh and then it's it's a week-long competition. You don't find out how you did until the end of the day. So okay. you don't even know if you go on to the next round. After the written test, everything is a secret. Oh shit, sure. phone call, saying, hey, okay, you're going to go to the next round. The next day was you teach a, a dormitory class. You didn't know what the class was until 30 minutes before you taught. That's all they allowed you to study. Okay. Then again, end of the day, you find out if you go on, the next day is a drill class. And then the final day is is uh control, which is you know, marching the flight around the drill pad. Yes. So it's uh it's extremely um stressful. And uh, well, the last thing is a board. Usually the board is just one of those, you know, if you make it to the board on the last day, it's just kind of a given. They just want to see you and talk to you a little bit, the board members who are who are the training superintendents. Yes. So, yeah, but it's uh it's a huge, huge, huge honor. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there wasn't many of you guys with, with the blue no. ropes
0: Mm-mm. Yeah. Each squadron may have had, if the squadron had six of them, that was, that was a lot. Really?
1: Yeah. Huh. So now you joined, let's go back into you because then, then there's stuff that I want to get into sure. with me and you and the, and the,
0: hour flight and all
1: that stuff sure Um, how like you grew up in where
0: where'd you grow up i grew up in iowa um small town on the mississippi river um i was a jock going through school and stuff baseball basketball football kind of stuff and could not wait to leave small town i graduated early from high school just to join really yeah
1: yeah, like right, right before we started recording, you had mentioned that to me, but I, for some reason, I could have sworn that you had at one point, maybe I just took it wrong or whatever. You were talking to somebody, I think, and I could have sworn that you had said that you were from Miami. I have no yeah. idea where I got that from, but for 25 <laughs> years, that's what I thought. I've been proven wrong. Awesome. So so you so you graduated just to get the hell out of there, huh?
0: Yeah. I graduated uh, December of 84. And all winter long, all I did was go. I was supposed to leave the late enlistment in May of 85. So all I did after I graduated is I went hunting every day. That's hmm. all I did after I graduated. And uh, in February of 85, my recruiter called me and said, hey, can you leave early? I said, how early? He said, March. I said, I'm good. Awesome. It's like that. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So March 4th, I went to MEPS. March 5th, I was right where you was at. <laughs> mm. yep. One day, same thing. What the hell am I doing here?
1: Yeah. How the hell did this happen? Yeah. I planned the whole thing. Obviously I had to go to maps. I had to do everything, take the ASVAB. It was planned. But then once I got there, I'm like, how, why am I here right now?
0: Yeah. So no kidding. So <laughs> 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 my first night, um, see back in the way, way back in the day, when you got there, they used to feed you a meal. I mean, if it was, you know, we, Not a whole lot has changed. You probably got in somewhere around midnight-ish or something like that would be my guess. And so I remember the same thing. And they had the chow hall open, and you went and ate a meal before they even took you upstairs. Oh, hell no. Upstairs, and I mean, I remember being scared to death to get underneath the covers. (laughs) Figured when I got up, I was going to have to make the bed that way, and I had no clue. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think I slept much, but the next thing I know... You know, the lights are on and to me is trying to shake me, waking me up because I slept through the trash can.
1: You said, oh man, I didn't sleep through the damn (laughs) trash can. I had Yankee big bang in the trash can, picked up my, picked up the foot of my bed.
0: Dropped it. Oh yeah.
1: Dropped it. And it's chaos. I'm like, I must've got maybe, if I say an hour's sleep, it's a lot. And it's not even real sleep. You know what I mean? It's like, I know where I'm at. I'm not falling into a deep, comfortable sleep. And I didn't for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very deep true. Settled in. Yeah. Great. So, another funny story about Yakubik. And whenever you say Yakubik in my head, I reverse it because one of the funniest stories about him, <laughs> he had a uh, he went up to his dorm and I couldn't remember exactly when. I couldn't tell you when it was. He went up to his dorm and. Dorm guard comes to the door. You remember having to go through the checks, you know, pointing at his ID card, pointing at the wall and stuff.
1: I got a story later on all about that. Go ahead. <laughs> of course I remember vividly.
0: <laughs> so the kid says, Staff Sergeant Kibikay." Staff Sergeant Kibikay. <laughs> was like, what the hell? <laughs> he goes in to rip the, rip the kid. Come to find out the kid was so nervous he said his name backwards. That is hilarious. So from there on out, He was known as Kibike.
1: Ah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's how scared he was. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. You see, while we're on it, because do I remember? All right, so I was pulling. This was was late. I'm going to say this was maybe fourth week, four and a half weeks in, something like that. And I'm not sure where the flight went, but everyone was gone. And I had to just pull door. I'm alone in the dorm. Like, all right, I don't know, however long it was and time is going. I'm like, all right, this is cool, this is easy. No one's bothering me, blah, blah, Oh my God, man. So (laughs) knock at the door. So I remember all my stuff, opens it. Who is it? It's one of our team members, Senior M Messing. Who is a female, okay? Knocking on the door, blah, 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 blah. And she asks me all these questions and I see her ID and I'm reading the name and blah, 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 blah. All that. Pass with flying colors, Dave. Right?
0: What <laughs> I you know what you forgot, man.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, you already know what I forgot. You're about to know. These kids, the people listening don't know yet. What do I, what does my dumb ass do? I open the door and she looks up at me. And she's like, well, and I'm like, well, what? She's like, she's like, what are you stupid? And I'm like, and then I realized I'm like, oh, female entering the dorm. It was way too late, man. <laughs> and what did she do? Give me 341. I'm Like, oh, man. Fucked up. And that that cost me something. What was that?
0: Because honor grad I, maybe it was what uh, was if honored. you'd been recycled, it wouldn't have been honor grad.
1: No. It cost me something. I'm not sure exactly what it was, though, but there's something else that cost me my whole town pass. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was dumb, man. I was stupid sometimes, (laughs) man. Walking around my head up my ass, thinking I'm this and that. Yeah, so she pulled. If anyone doesn't know, a 341 is a discrepancy form, and you always have to have three of them in your pocket at all times. So if you got three of them pulled, you went back a week in training, recycled into another flight, and you didn't want to do that. There was one time, I have confessions to make, man. There was one time we're, we're, we're doing PT and we're running. That was one thing that I wound up really getting into. And I should, again, I really wound up getting into running. I never ran before in my life. And then we did. We had to qualify, whatever it was, the miles, 16 minutes, whatever that was. But yeah. then a couple of weeks into training, there was like a few of us who would just run and we'd be in step and we were all about breathing. Like we would just run it and you'd get that run as high. I actually really got into it at the time. But there was something that happened. I don't know exactly what it was, but there was a T.I. running along with the whole group of a whole bunch of people down that road. And it was I don't know if it was from our squadron. It didn't look familiar, but it was definitely a T.I. And we all look identical because we all have shaved heads and we're all wearing the same shit. So he asked me for, to, for a 341. I ran my ass off and got lost in the crowd i wasn't about to give up my 341 over some dumb shit and risk going back a week in training i ran and got lost in the crowd man i was nervous as fuck like he was gonna find me one day (laughs) yeah man i was like nah that's not happening i turned that shit on (laughs) yeah unbelievable yeah So uh so yeah, that that cost me something. I don't remember what it was when when Emma Messing pulled that, because like a dumbass, she, she's just standing at me, she's staring at me, she's like, what are you stupid? And that's when it hit me, like, all right, stupid. <laughs> God. But um what happened was my mother, rest in peace, and my sister and my girlfriend at the time all flew from New York down to Texas for my graduation. And I guess it was probably because I was excited about that and I figure I'm right at the finish line. So I'm kind of lackadaisical and it bit me in the ass because people don't know that it's listening. You get, what would it's it's called a town pass, right? And you were able to, and you're able to go downtown San Antonio for like how many hours?
0: Almost um, pretty much almost all day.
1: Right, and you had freedom, and it was you were off base finally. But I wound up getting only four hours of base liberty.
0: Wow, that was it. Really screwed up,
1: man. That was your fucking call, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, shit! It, it could but actually actually any base lib. I, there's there's times when I had somebody sitting in the damn dorm all day. So, well, well, actually, it wasn't you
1: that caught me how I fucked up. It was someone much worse, Master Sergeant
0: Kodra. Oh God! You know, I forgot that name until you just said that. Yeah. He was a pain in my ass. That dude,
1: yeah. Uh, well, he he was he was like basically like your boss, right?
0: Yeah, he was a uh, what they called a section supervisor. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it was another thing. He it was right before maybe I don't know. It was it was right before something was about to happen. Maybe we we're about to line up, form up about something. I don't know, but him. And someone else that I don't remember because I only remember Koja because of what happened, started looking through lockers and shit. Mm -hmm. Now, it wasn't like I had any contraband or anything like that, what it was, he opened up my wall locker and like an idiot, I left a can of shaving cream and a pair of blousing straps. On that bottom shelf, yeah. in in there, that right there cost me my whole town pass.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that didn't change. Stuff like that, you know, the the uh, rip, rip, repercussions of that stuff didn't change.
1: Well, it shouldn't because I understand why. Because it's all yeah. paying attention to detail, and I understand that. Like I'm very meticulous in real life anyway, and. Like when there was, I have a note here because I didn't want to pass this up. All right. I have a couple little notes right here, right? All right. Because because I am a very meticulous person, right? When it comes to a lot of things, very anal with stuff. Now, we were doing red lines. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now explain to people listening, because I feel like I'm explaining and you should be explaining a little bit what Red Lines actually is, and how you need to have
0: your shit. <laughs> yeah, so so Red Lines are done two different times during training. There's an initial Red Line, which used to be in the second week of training. And that's when you got inspected in all four of your areas. So your four areas were your, what they called your PLA, your personal living area. Which I was,
1: forgot about your PLA. Yeah.
0: Oh, your, be- okay. your bed, your shoes, your your towel, your laundry bag, your chair. That was laundry bag. Yeah, um, your wall locker, your clothing drawer, and then your security drawer. And for folks that don't know what a security drawer is, your security drawer was maybe uh, I don't know. What do you think? Twelve by twelve, maybe. Maybe. Something like that, and you split it in two two halves. Yes. So the front half of this little drawer was for your hygiene items. Yes. Shaving cream, uh, toothpaste, toothbrush, soap, that kind of stuff.
1: Razor blade. Stuff
0: yeah. Your personal items that you were allowed to have, which was like, you know, a Bible and maybe some writing stuff. That's Shooters, it. It's whatever. There were not a whole lot that went back there. No. So those four areas, and you—that was locked. That was locked. That huh? had yes. a padlock. Now yes, the first day of
1: training, the first day of training, when 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 people are scared to, scared shitless, and you tell them to, to you know, you have a chain around your neck with the key, you need to open up that lock without taking it off your neck, and there's no. a where you gotta turn it. People are stuck down there. Oh my god,
0: dude. Oh yeah, yeah. but times, but. <laughs> Back to the red line. So so you were allowed a certain amount of of demerits in each of those areas. If you were allowed, for example, three demerits and if you got more than three, if you got four or more, whatever, then you'd get a reevaluation on that area. And if you failed a reevaluation, you know, obviously you need more time to figure this stuff out. So we'd recycle you. You go back a week in training. Yeah. In the fifth week of training, that was the second red line. And that was because that's when you got your your blues and everything. So it was a completely different inspection. And which and was the worst. Truth be told, I hated inspections because they were so time consuming, so tedious. Yeah. yeah. I hated them. Yo,
1: yeah, the worst was when you got your blues issued. Because oh, yeah. you know, just just like we all do. All the little threads in the blue shirts. You would give us all time, hours and hours, to get your stuff prepared. We'd have nail clippers taking little time. I mean, everything. Your, your, your brown T-shirts, which folded terribly, but because it was so thin and weird. But... <laughs> They were, like, six-inch squares, and it was a certain thing. Like, if you pulled, like, what was it, like, left or the top right corner, you would see the sleeve.
0: Yeah, something like, like a, that.
1: Something like that. You don't even remember?
0: It's, it's been a while. I'm sure I could get in my drawer and look at it, though. My wife gives me a hard time all the time because I, I still fold stuff that way.
1: You probably do. I don't I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, there was a certain way. If you pulled, it was, like, the top left or the top right corner of your folded shirt. You pulled it, you would have to see like one of the sleeves. And yeah, that I think was it was a tight thing. Then you folded it incorrect. Yeah. Your socks, one sock folded on top of each sock. You, please don't tell me that you have your socks that way.
0: No, I don't.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But uh, red lines. All right. Yeah, red lines was red lines got a lot of what red lines did more than anything else is it eliminated honor graduates.
1: Hmm.
0: Cause because an honor grad, you couldn't fail any area at all. Right. So if there was an eval that had to be done on you, you for sure won't weren't, weren't going to be an honor grad. Damn. But Tommy Gall, you know, my senior McGall. Yes. He's actually a uh a Delaware state trooper now.
1: Yeah. Really? I'm friends with him on Facebook now, by the way.
0: Are you Tommy's yeah. Tommy's awesome? I love Tommy to death. Um what he used to do. Is, is he would sit in his office chair at the door and he would have you walk by with your clothing drawer and with your security drawer <laughs> walk up and down the damn aisles or even better especially with the security drawers even better because he'd have your, your security drawer at the center aisle end of the bed
1: oh my god he would have,
0: he would have the dorm guard push him in his chair up and down the damn aisle
1: get the hell out of here that's hilarious <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was character man huh? yeah,
1: that's funny man he actually told me um because i messaged him saying that i was gonna do an episode of podcast with you, and he doesn't remember me guaranteed but he was the one that told me i've told this story a million times in like real life whenever so i bring up the air force because i'm from brooklyn and my last name is ferrari so It's kind of like, it's, it's, it's ammo for you guys. You know what I mean? (laughs) All I gotta do is open my mouth or whatever. So there was one day we were outside underneath the, underneath the hangar in formation doing something. And you had told him, you had told Gold something and then Gold sent it to me and was like, he was like, he he sent me upstairs to, to the dorm for something. I don't remember what it was. So there I am. I'm running, and you know you're supposed. You know they we're taught to always keep your hand on the on the banister, on the handrail, yeah. and shit. Man, that wasn't happening because there was nobody around me. So I'm flying th- three steps at a time up to the dorms. I come back. I'm like out of breath. It was like less than a minute. I was back. And he looks at me and he goes, "With a name like Ferrari, you sure do move pretty damn slow." I'm like. How do I not laugh at that? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, that's the, that was the secret, too. So so a couple things about telling the truth, I, I guess, on ourselves, you know, with being a TR. First off, nobody can be that pissed off all the time. You'd have a heart attack. Of course. 90-plus percent of what we did was acting. It really was. Yeah. Our, I think, we needed to release just like y'all did, you know, so, so, the our big thing was we're never gonna let let anybody see us smile. We don't have emotion. We're not human, kind of thing. Right. But we would love to crack y'all up. So sarcasm was was critical to what we did. I know. Mail call. Did I assign nicknames to everybody?
1: Oh God, yeah. It was it was insane. It was insane. There was so many times where it took everything I had not to laugh at one of you guys messing with me. Bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tommy's good, good people. He's uh my youngest son's godfather actually. Oh really? Yeah.
1: Oh that's great man. That's awesome. Yeah. I shushed people. him one night. <laughs> I shushed him because I was I was on a top bunk. I was in B bay towards the back right if you're walking down walking down the center aisle I was on not the first bunk, the second bunk top, right-hand side. Okay. So I'm up there, and Gall came in to, to talk with the fire guard or something. It was like the middle of the night. And I'm like half asleep. And he's like, like I'm like almost eye level with him because I'm on the top bunk. You know, and he's talking like right there. And I kind of woke up and I didn't know exactly what, so I was like, I thought maybe it was just another airman, another trainee. So I'm just like, yo, shh, you know, like, like, shut up, man. Like you're waking me up, but you're talking next to me. And he just looked at me. He was like, you better get back down to sleep, boy. (laughs) Some shit like that. I was like, and I put my head down. I was wide awake. I was like, God damn it. Don't talk to me now. Don't talk to me now. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. Yeah, man. Hilarious. Well, real quick back to red lines though, because I was so meticulous and I wanted to, I wanted to kill it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to get no demerits, right? I was like, it was my personal goal. So this is week five, or oh, it was week five, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going over, making sure my, my buttons are good on my BDUs, everything is good. The hangers are perfectly, sp- everything. My, my damn iron is in the right spot. My gloves, all that shit, <laughs> everything is perfect. I'm, we, I starched and ironed the towel that goes in the bottom of your friggin' security drawer. It's perfect. It looks like it's part of the drawer. I'm proud of myself, man. At this point, I'm proud of myself, right? So you come along and you're like, man, you're like failing people. Like, yeah, nothing's buttoned over here. <laughs> come over to me. And I'm like, that's going to stop right now because I'm good. I'm fucking good right now. And you, I think, This is something that I think that you did because I think that I was perfect, but I think you did something to give me one demerit on purpose. You want to know what that was? What? All right. I'm watching you go through everything. I'm like, no, can't find shit. He ain't finding shit. No. Clothing drawer ain't finding shit. Towels good You took my damn stand-up container of toothpaste, (laughs) right? And I know for a fact that I took that little cap off and took a damn Q-tip and cleaned the inside of that cap because that's that's not good. That's not tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're looking... And I think that you gave it a little fucking squeeze because you took that cap off and you showed me the little toothpaste on the inside of the cap. you were like, one demerit. I'm like, God damn it, man. You got to be that. Really? You that's that. That's what you found. (laughs) Yeah. One demerit. Fifth week red lines. Toothpaste inside a cap. Thanks, man.
0: <laughs> That's amazing that you remember that.
1: <laughs> I remember. I'm telling you, I don't know why. Listen, I've had a history. I drank a lot. I've done a lot of stupid stuff since the Air Force or whatever. I'm completely sober now. But for some reason, man, even like my friends that I used to party with and do stupid shit with, they're like, how do you remember certain things? I'm like, I remember who we were with, where we went, what we did after that, what song was playing. Like, I remember everything. I don't yeah. know how. But I remember almost photographic memory, especially—I'm not going to say every single day at Lackland, but a, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember a lot.
0: You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. The more that you talk about your flight, the more I kind of remember. Well, the, what, I what, think. What, go, ahead, go ahead, I was going to say when 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 we first started uh, talking. And you said your name and, and everything. What clicked for me was the time frame. When you mentioned the TI committing suicide, that's I knew exactly when it was.
1: Right. Well, I didn't know. That's what I was just about to bring up because I did friend request you a while back and I had I did not expect you to remember me. I I didn't. I, I had no thoughts that like how are you like of course I remember you, obviously, and everyone would remember you if they if you were their TI. But how many, like like you said, how many flights and this, you know, an average of like 40 to 50 people that you put in every flight. And, it's you know, so obviously you don't remember everybody. So that's why I was like, yeah, I, I, at the time, I didn't know what happened because it was kind of like the secret. Obviously, the trainees wouldn't know. But mm-hmm. I remember we were in the day room and there was, I want to say she was a tech sergeant. And and for some I don't remember exactly what she looks like, but if I think in my head, she kind of resembles that wrestler, the female wrestler China. Dark hair, black hair. I think she was a tech sergeant, big woman,
0: T.I. I think I know who you're talking about. I think at that time her name was Kozart. That could very well be her. I've been over on Yakubik's yeah, and Scott's side.
1: Very possible, yeah. Because she came in and we, we're all t- we're taught about this military bearing stuff. And she came in and she was hysterical crying. Yeah. So, right there, everybody, myself included, knew that something pretty heavy happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And at the time, I didn't know until I brought that up to you because I figured that that's something that didn't happen very often there. Right. But so that would be like a standout moment for you to get a timeframe to possibly remember.
0: Yeah. And it did. So, so what happened <clears throat> was um, his name was Tim Turner and he was a master sergeant select and he was a rookie TI as well. In fact, I trained, he was, he had just gotten certified because to be a TI there's certification process. He had just gotten certified when I became, when, when I would was just out of school. So I worked with him a little bit in the same dorms, B9 and B10 up there. And then um, he went under investigation and I won't talk about all that, but he went under investigation and that's when I, when I took over that dorm. Okay. And uh, so Tommy and I, and it may have been, it was probably that flight, probably your flight. Tommy and I went down to a supply warehouse to pick up our stuff for, for the flight to get ready to set the dorms up. And we talked to him cause that's where he was at.
1: Okay.
0: And he had told us, uh, that afternoon, he says, you know what, regardless of how the investigation turns out, he goes good, bad, or indifferent. He goes, he goes, it'll all be over by the first. And so, uh, You know, if we had ever put things together, we wouldn't have understood what he was saying. Right. But yeah, um, we got called in, all the TIs got called into the MTI day room, which is just a glorified classroom, you know, in the squadron area. Sure. You know, it's never a good thing when the commander's there and the chaplain's there.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: So that's when he said that uh, the commander had said that the night previous, well, the cops had found him that morning um, in his apartment. He had eaten a shotgun. Jesus Christ! So that was a that was a hard hit because Tim and I were pretty. I wouldn't say we were we weren't best friends or anything like that, but we spent obviously as TIs we spent a lot of time together. Of course. So um, that's what that was all about. And again, that's how I you know he went an investigation and I took that dorm. So wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. That it was, was, I, I knew um, something was crazy. Something was something yeah. bad had happened.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I think senior M been Messing, I think she was, she was a mess too. Like she was like, it was, it was weird because all you guys and, and girls would just like, something was very wrong. Yeah. So, and I, like yeah. I said, I didn't know that until I started messaging you like a while back when I first sent you a
0: request. Yeah. yeah. And when man. you was in a Yakubik's flight, yeah. did you have a, was there a Russian kid in your flight? Do you remember? A Russian kid? Yeah. Trainee. Uh, maybe a name would remember. I would. Remember. I, I wouldn't remember a name. I just remember. I went with one 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 night when we were teaching night displays. Yeah, it was early on for him, and I must have had CQ or something. And I went up to his dorm to help out. And uh, there was a kid who was Russian, and so we, uh, at lights out, we made him sing the Russian national anthem. <laughs> That's why does that, yo? You that know what's crazy
1: up. is that. Why does that sound vaguely familiar now that you brought that
0: up? It would have been around that same couple month time frame. I'm thinking, so that's why I asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yo, you guys are bored. Just different ways to mess with people.
0: That's that's what you do.
1: Yeah, and you know what was oh, you know what was great. I, I found myself to be fortunate in in one area, is that, let's go back to the chow hall for a minute. Um, where there's chaos always, you know. There's always a younger flight that's going crazy over there. There's the real newbies who still got their civvies on. Rainbows, um, yeah, crazy, right? So, but now, for the people who were listening, there is something that was called the Snake Pit, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the dreaded. <laughs> it was, it was the worst place on base probably to be right now the snake pit was just a row of tables with the TIs of the flights that were eating basically so how many on average TIs would be lined up sitting next to each other at one long table
0: six um I mean it it kind of Depended on what meal it was, if there was a changeover taking place between one T and I, TI and and another. Um, I think we used to have on average <laughs> maybe four to six flights in and out at a time. Yeah. Oops. Um, so so it kind of depended. Usually you'd have at least 10, 10 TIs in the Chow Hall at any given time.
1: Oh God. Yeah. That's bad. That's like that's- <laughs> It's not a comfortable place and it's not supposed to be comfortable. But there was that one time there was I I never ever once got called over to the snake pit. I don't know how. I figured I'd get called over every other friggin' meal, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, my dumb ass sticking out like a sore thumb. But like I wanted to know, like, let's just say there's you and four other TIs sitting next to each other. Would you use like target certain certain airmen that you know like you know i think we need to mess with this guy and call him
0: over here so we had it, <laughs> i don't know about targeting if that's the right word or not but right. but we had usually what we tried to do was we if we had attitude problems oh. we had somebody in the flight that was an attitude problem that's who we target um to go along with that when we would pick chow runners we always pick two we picked one who was an attitude problem. So they'd have to go in and get ate up every day, every meal. And we also picked one who was the most squared away if we needed to eat. <laughs> Good call. Honestly. But yeah, I mean, we would you didn't really have to pick anybody out. It things were so blatant and obvious in there.
1: Oh yeah. You know what <laughs> that's crazy? Because you just said chow runner. And I haven't heard that term in a long time, and it just just came right back to me. Shower to go, and oh my yep.
0: god, dude! So oh funny. yeah, yeah. It was uh, we used to do and uh, what we we used to call it significant emotional events. That's what we used to perform. <laughs> okay. You talked about you know the kid, the, the other trainees crying and stuff like that. That's how, as a TI, you earned your reputation. Of course. You know. Yeah. There's other methods. You know, you gave two examples. There was Yakubic and Scott, and they were complete opposite ends. Complete
1: opposite. And the calm but, guy was the one that was more intimidating.
0: Oh, yeah, because if, if especially at the snake pit, oh. you know, my, my first tour as a TI, I was one of those ones. I was 100 miles an hour. You right. know, loud and angry and pissed off all the time.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Just the way I was. My second tour, I was a little bit older and a little bit more mellow and but i still got the same points crossed i could still be i was still effective because i just changed tactics yeah you no know, i don't have to scream at you all day long i can just get in your ear and tell you that i'm going to rip your arm off and it's the same effect <laughs> yeah it is absolutely you know? why get so, yourself
1: all crazy when you could just calm and collectively do it and have the same exact outcome you're right yeah yeah dude
0: my second flight i remember i'll, ne- I'll never forget this because you know, you remember how thin I was. Yeah. Now I wasn't probably a buck fifty soaking wet. I know. You know, yeah. and and you were
1: skinnier than I was, and I'm I'm six feet even, and yeah. I was like a buck sixty-five.
0: Yeah. And see, I'm six foot even, and I was a buck fifty, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So I remember my second flight, the uh one of the airmen. Was had wrestled for University of Iowa. Okay. And so, <clears throat> this is a a little <clears throat> unknown thing that we used to do to to make these significant events for for. I love it. I we love would go it. to set our dorm up. We would go down because right outside the Valley High Gate was a dollar store. Okay. So we go down to the dollar store throw $10 down and we get picture frames and we'd get glasses and stuff like that, that would break and we decorate our offices and stuff. And then that first weekend we call one shirt, tra- the first trainee we call into council, we just start throwing stuff.
1: <laughs> Yo, you, d- all right, go on. Cause now Yo, things are clear for me now you with certain things.
0: Y'all. Playing nuts. Yeah. yeah. So this kid, the, the, the day before they shipped out. So that Sunday when and we used to do a uh, kind of like an amnesty call kind of thing where actually we, we we would sit there somewhat civilized, you know, before you all shipped out and just kind of talk. Yeah. So I'm again, my second flight. I hadn't been out of school three, four months yet. Right. And I'm talking to this flight and this kid stands up and 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 he says, sir, he goes, we were scared to death of you. And, I, and he was a lot bigger than I was.
1: Yeah.
0: I said, you're twice my size. I said, how were you ever scared of me? He goes, honestly, we thought that you were just flat out crazy. <laughs> if we did something wrong, like you were going to pull a knife out somewhere and just stab us. Or <laughs> Which meant that's the impression that I wanted to give.
1: Yeah, you did your job well, man. Yeah. Of course, That's awesome. That's hilarious that you said that about the breaking the cheap shit that you buy. Because... <laughs> It all makes sense now, man. When, when I was still in Yakovic's flight, we're lined up and we're doing face and, you know, face and movements to, into his office and he's teaching us to properly salute, mm-hmm. right? The whole the whole angle, the thumb in, the whole thing. Now, I'm, like, taller, so there's a whole bunch of people in front of me. Yo, man, this guy, like, some somebody would, like, do a wrong, you know, wrong right face or, or just salute, you know, half-ass or whatever. And he was trashing his office. <laughs> I'm like, thinking in my head, why is this dude breaking shit all over his office? And now I know what. They're like, props. Yep. God damn it.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Oh, that's awesome,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, you know, from uh, you know I, I did 26 years and 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 you know uh, the stories that I enjoyed telling the most to anybody who asked it's usually stories of when I was a TI cuz to me they're the funniest
1: oh of course
0: so um I had a kid he uh day one came up to me and you know sir I made a mistake and I looked I said yeah you're probably right <laughs> right I shouldn't be here but you are So that's like on Thursday, on Friday, he comes back and he's a little more animated about it. He's like, sir, I can't do this. I made a mistake. This was uh, I I shouldn't be here. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, shut up and color."
1: Right.
0: You know, Saturday rolls around. And same thing again. I say, you know what? Maybe you're right. I said, tell you what I said. Get in your security drawer. Bring me your contract. Yes, sir. So now he's excited because he thinks there might be a way out. So he brings me his contract and I'm looking at it. Like I really am interested in his contract. <laughs> right. And so I find s- someplace that he has signed a-, a page that he signed. And I show it to him. I said, is that your signature? Well, yes, sir. I said, well, guess what there junior. I said, your ass asked for this. I said, your ass went to a recruiter said, please, please, pretty, please start <laughs> Rossenberg for seven weeks. So he can beat my ass the entire time You <laughs> asked for this shit.
1: <laughs>
0: so he, he stalks away, you know, comes back that night just in tears and bawling. I say, you know what, Junior? I said, I'm done. I said, I ain't taking no more of your shit. I said, tomorrow Sunday you're going to go to chapel. I said, talk to a chaplain. Maybe they'll take your side. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that we had really good relationships with the chaplains. Okay. We had to because we had so much crazy stuff go on. I'm sure. So he comes back after church. And this was the first Sunday comes back and <clears throat> he's doing whatever they were supposed to be doing and I walk around and and I said, "Hey, did you talk to a chaplain?" Huh? "Yes, sir." I said, "What would he say?" He said you were right. I said, "Imagine that shit." <laughs> yeah, imagine <Like> that. that. <laughs> so, it gets better. It gets better. We get ready to fall out for uh for chow that night, for Sunday chow uh, for Sunday uh dinner. And of course, we'd be dorm and Which means, so for folks don't understand that the dormitories were set up, you had a, a ground level, which were classrooms and offices were at. And then you had an A level, which is really like the first floor. And then you had a B level, which was like the second floor. So we were in the B level dorms. Right. So you had to go down about. I don't know how many sets of stairs to get down. Like six, probably like two yeah. per floor, probably about Something six. Something like that.
1: I ran up them when Goal said I was slow.
0: <laughs> so on each landing, though, we used to post someone, a, a stairwell monitor. That's right. These words, walk, don't run, use the handrail. That That's was
1: right. in life.
0: <laughs> so he's on the very first landing of the very first set of stairs from the from the ground. So we fall out for chow and we're racing down the stairs, of course. And I go past him. I get to the bottom. He's like, sir, sir. I turn around. I said, look, I said, what? He goes, sir, I'm going to jump. Then freaking jump already. Quit wasting my damn time. <laughs> I'll be dang if he didn't jump. No shit. He hits about halfway down the stairs and rolls to all the all the way to the bottom. <laughs> and then I had one of those old oh shit moments. Yeah. <laughs> tell a kid to jump. And he's laying down there at the bottom, all contorted and everything. <laughs> up at me. And I looked down and I said, are you all right? He goes, yes, sir. I said, then get your ass in formation so we can go to chow. Uh,
1: yeah, God damn it.
0: Holding us up. Get your <laughs> crooked ass up off the floor.
1: That's hilarious, man. Oh, God. there was another, There was another time. Since it's all fresh in my head, I gotta get these because I don't want to <laughs> shut this off when we're done and be like, "God damn it! I wanted to bring that up," <laughs> you know. Um, chat. We were at chow, and for some reason, I don't know why, it was the first and only time it ever happened. Every time I was done eating, I would go outside, and if people don't know, you go out and you have to start forming up columns, right? So. Whenever I was done, there would either be like a full column, start another one or whatever. I go out and nobody from 224 is there yet. Nobody. And there's like basically pretty much nobody outside yet. It's like me. I'm like, man, I don't like this already. So I go out and I form up and I, and, I, and I start the column. And I don't know who he is. I don't remember his name. Obviously, he wasn't you or any of our team members or anyone that really looked familiar. I remember he was a tech sergeant. That's what I remember. And he he was walking, and I kind of—I don't look at him, but in my eyes—I look at him. And he calls me over to him, and I sort of proceed,ing sir, and I run over to him. <laughs> I run over to him. I report, and he asks me. If people don't know obviously there's this thing that we had it was it's called a portfolio and it was this and it was this basically this pleather black zip big basically a glorified large purse right <laughs> where you would yeah. put where you would put your paperwork and you had books with all kinds of what they call memory work isn't that what it is memory questions yep right where it would be like all well, the ranks of everything, of, of you know the, the whole chain of command and this, that, and the other thing. That's really the only thing I remember. I remember there was a couple of books and whatever. Anyway, um, wasn't there a flashlight in there too?
0: Yep, lack yeah. the Lackman
1: Laser. The Lackman Laser, right? So calls me over and I run over with my portfolio in my hand. Oh, my God. And he asked me a memory question. Basically, i, I almost almost positive he asked me if – if a major walked past you, how would you identify that as being a major? Right? I was like, oh, gold oak leaf, blah, blah, blah. And I said it correctly. And maybe he was bored or something, or he saw that he was going to mess with me because he looked at my last name. And he saw it was Ferrari. So obviously, <laughs> once again, it's ammunition. So I'm standing there, and I see him look, and now I'm thinking in my head, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna be here for a while, you know? <laughs> so he asked, he's like, Ferrari. I'm like, I'm like, sir, yes, sir. He's like, where are you from, Ferrari? And me being a wise ass, I can't just say New York. I can't just keep it vague. I can't, because I'm an idiot sometimes. So, uh, So I had to say, Brooklyn, New York, sir. Brooklyn goes, yes, sir. And now here I go biting the inside of my lip, trying not to laugh because I'm waiting for however this guy is gonna, do, whatever direction this guy is gonna take me. So I guess because the stereotypical thing, if you just watch TV or you've never been here, you just think Brooklyn, you just think shit show, bad neighborhood, gang, <laughs> terrible. Which it's just not right. So he asks me if. I ever, st- is, what did he ask me? Is my car safe in this parking lot with you in my Air Force? Okay. <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm like, yo, man. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, sir, yes, sir. Dude, I'm telling you, it took every, everything I had, man, not to laugh. So he see, I, I'm sure he saw me really trying my best to hold my military bearing. He guaranteed. He saw me biting my lip. He knew I was about to crack, but I didn't. So I was like, no, I was like, yes, sir. Your car is safe here in this parking lot with me and your air force. And then he's like, how about my car radio? I'm like, "Yes, sir." He's like, don't bullshit me. Don't make me come out here one day and my car is gone and you're <laughs> nowhere to be found and you're a wall. I'm like, no, sir, that's not going to happen, sir. And then the, what? What? What was the kicker? Is he came out of left field, and I know it was a bullshit story just to get me going and see if I could break. But he tells me this. I've told this story a million times, especially like in bars and shit when I used to when I used to drink and shit. It was always like a crowd pleaser. This story. So he actually he was like he's like, you know what? My now I don't even know how to answer this in a normal setting. Forget about in those, in that situation, he's like, do you know that my wife just recently left me? And I'm like, <laughs> like, how, how, first of all, guy, I'm thinking, in my man, how would I know? Why would I know? And I don't, I never seen him before in my life, right? So there's no way for me to go. You know what I mean? So I'm like, no, sorry. I didn't know that. Well, I hear that she went to Brooklyn. I think think that I didn't even answer that because no matter what I said, it would have been wrong and it would have just been more ammo. And he asked me the next thing, he's like, I wanna know, did you ever sleep with my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife? Sir, no, sir get out of my face! And I ran back into the fucking column and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. That's something that I know that I would tell my grandkids.
0: Oh my God.
1: We went back up to those dorms after chow and there was a crowd of guys around me and I told them that story and I laughed for 15 minutes straight up there in those (laughs) dorms from that guy. I wish that I would have remembered that guy's name. Yeah. Yeah, he was a short guy, tech sergeant. Don't remember his name. Yeah. makes me if this car, his car radio, and if I ever slept with his ex-wife because she moved to Brooklyn and left him.
0: That's crazy. Dude. That's crazy.
1: Insane. Yeah, fun times. I remember everything, dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How can you forget that? That's something you just don't forget because that never happens to anybody unless you're in that situation.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what made you decide to join the air force? So back on you.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I had, I was a knucklehead man. I was, I came from a really good family, but I just, I was always, I always had this. Well, my parents were divorced when I was younger and when I was like 10 and my mother got remarried, remarried to a guy who had a lot of money and everything was good. I kind of literally went went from like rags to like riches, like, like nothing in the refrigerator, living with an abusive biological father to living with my mother, him legally adopting me. And then me and we had a, a couple of houses, a beautiful house, a summer house upstate. I had my own boat when I was 12, you know, like we can't, he had, he had money. So it was cool. But It never like, it was nice, like to not ever be hungry. And I was able to get like the the new nice sneakers and stuff like that. That was cool, but it was never anything impressive to me. Like even like now to this day, I'm not impressed by somebody's cars or money or it just never, it just never did anything for me. It was nice. You know, I, I appreciated it, but it really wasn't whatever. So I have an older sister and six years older than me. And, When she turned 21, I turned 15 and she used to go out and party and stuff and drink and stuff like that. So she always said that when she turned 21, that she's going to bring her little brother out. So I was like, all right, cool. So I started hanging out with her and all of the older people, you know, people like her age. So I was always the younger ones with all the older people. And, you know, just like, it's also the people that you hang out with the neighborhood I grew up in. We're going out, we're doing a lot of drinking and bar hopping and, you know, some drugs and nothing too crazy, crazy, but, you know, just doing knucklehead teenage nonsense, you know? Um, When I did go to school, I was very good in school, um, but I was like, eh, whatever. And I would just go out and do stupid shit. So it came to a point where it's like, even though, like I say, yeah, I'm a knucklehead, yeah, Back then, I was much more of a knucklehead. But I'm a father now, and I have you know, I've you know, I've grown up. This is just bringing me back to knucklehead days because I was such a young kid and all these stories, you know. But um, so it was a choice for me. Like I came to a realization. It's like I don't like school. I never liked school. I have kind of an issue with authority figures. Go figure. You know, <laughs> sucking my teeth at Yankovic, like whatever, guy. You know? And then, um, so it was like, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, what am I going to do eventually just be like some drunken idiot in the street, some loser in the street, or what am I going to do? Like I have no college under my belt. So I was like, you know what? My real, my, my biological father, he was in the Marine Corps, um, for just for two years, Paris Island, Vietnam, but he didn't go to Vietnam. But I was like, you know what, man, I'll just join the service. And I'm like, you know what though? I lived in a really nice house at the time and stuff like that. I'm like, I could join the Marines, you know, like like my dad, but I, I ain't trying to fucking sleep out in the rain for weeks in a goddamn tent and all that shit. I want three hots and a cop, man. I want to go to the Air Force, and they're like more like respectable guys, right? So I went to Staff Sergeant Sidberry on Jamaica Avenue in Queens, and I signed up and I took the ASVAB armed service arm service vocational aptitude battery. And uh I did really well. I aced mechanics and um and that was that. And then after I after I left, I went, took that seven hour bus ride up to Shepherd, Wichita mm-hmm. Falls. And um I was a jet engine mechanic. Aerospace Propulsion Technician, my AFSC. It's crazy, it's like <laughs> coming back to me, man. And uh, and then yeah, and then I, I did that, and then I went home on leave, and then I went to Cannon Air Force Base, Clovis, New Mexico.
0: Armpit Cannon. of the world. What happened? Armpit of the world. There was,
1: oh God, oh God. It, 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 when it was hot, it just smelled like straight-up cow shit because there was cattle yards all over the place, and that was that. But I got lucky because there's a lot of guys. My – my, he was like my – basically, not not my crew chief, but he was – I guess he was – I don't know. He was high up in the back shop, whatever, but he was a master sergeant. He's retired now, retired as senior master sergeant um sergeant gibbs who i still to this day am in touch with he was a great 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 guy and um a lot of guys were there and it seemed like you would get stuck there there were a lot of guys that were there for like nine years could never get out of there and i was still like my knucklehead self and i'd go to the base bar and blah 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 so there was one day i thought i was in trouble because I had bounced a check, because you know how we're all broke and shit. I have like, I, 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 maybe I have one stripe at the time because I came and am in basic. I might have <laughs> one stripe, maybe. So at that time in 1996, what are you making every two weeks? $180 or some shit?
0: Not a whole lot.
1: Not a whole lot. And everyone's drinking and partying and everyone's broke. So, all right, well, I have these little checks. I'll float a check to the commissary and then it'll get direct deposited and I can go get a couple of cases of beer and a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Well, well, it bounced. And then I got a letter of counseling and then another one bounced and Sergeant Gibbs calls me into his office and he's like, Ferrari, he's like, I like you, but you're fucking up. That's exactly what he said to me. And he kind of whipped me into shape because I had a lot of respect for him. And, um, and I thought that I might've bounced another check or something had happened, but then I got called in to the squadron commander's office. And at the time it was a female major fry. And I walked in there and well, first I went, I got a haircut. I put on my blues, you know, making sure everything is tight, you know, no shadow, no nothing. So I go in there, I'm thinking I was in trouble and, um, she was like, Aaron, you have orders. And I was like, okay. And uh, she's like, you have a choice. Like you, ha- you have a choice. You can either take these orders or you could, you could, you could reject them, no problem. But chances are you're not gonna leave Canon until your enlistment is up. I was like, where do I sign? So <laughs> where do I sign? I gotta get out of here. So it was I went up to Elmendorf. Oh, okay. Which was awesome. It was awesome. Like, that was like, at first, I'm like, everyone was like making fun. Ah, you know what I'm doing? like, listen, man, I don't care. All I knew about Alaska at the time was like igloos, Eskimos, and fucking penguins, dude. I, like, whatever. As long as I get out of here, I'll go anywhere, you know? So I went up there, and then like an idiot, I got in trouble up there. Like an idiot. Because there I am. I'm 23, whatever. I'm drinking like a maniac. I'm doing stupid shit. I'm 6,000 miles from home. I wound up having my own dorm room because I was always clean and I would always get everyone that came in. I would kick them out. I would kick them all out, man. don't I don't want to be going into my room and seeing your shitty drawers on the floor. Like, I have to live here and I ain't having none of that, right? So, but I was always super clean. So I wound up being like dorm chief or something like that. I had the keys to everyone, you know, in case someone was drunk or like, you know, got locked out, I would let them in. But that means that I was able to have my own dorm room and that was, it was perfect. But then again, it was not good because I got in trouble. I got in trouble. Now, I did get discharged, but it wasn't a dishonorable discharge. It was a general discharge. And But I did stupid shit. You want me to get into that real quick?
0: <laughs> well, that's up to you, man.
1: All right. Well, I've told this story. Uh, on episode 49 of this podcast, I did like a two and a half hour whole life story. And then people told me that they wanted to hear. I touched on the Air Force a little bit, but I was like, I even said it at that time, like that could be a whole other episode and here we are, which is, I didn't think this would happen, but this is cool. Um, And then episode 51, I did like a part two where I filled in some gaps about certain things that people were asking me to fill in. But, um, so I might've told this story, but I don't care. You never heard it, so whatever. Um, There was a couple of guys that I had known from tech school who went up to Elmendorf and, you know, obviously I went to Canon. And then once I went up to Elmendorf, there was like a bunch of guys that I knew already, which was cool. Nobody from basic, but just tech school guys. So I kind of felt comfortable right off the bat. And, uh, you know, we're up there for a while, you know, maybe like six months, eight months. and And one thing leads to another and we're all out one night and one guy, Decides he wants to smoke weed. Now, and I say this every single time, I don't blame nobody but myself. Day one of basic training, you're told zero tolerance. Yeah. And it's drilled into your head. It is drilled into your head. But there's me thinking I'm fucking king shit. You know, not me. I'm not gonna get caught. Nah. So it's going on for a while. There's six of us. And one guy, I won't mention any names, but there's one guy who gets pulled in for a random urinalysis. The next day, um, my mother used to uh used to send me Brooklyn pizza and bagels it would cost her a fortune guaranteed next day overnight from brooklyn to alaska wow amazing and she would go to the pizzeria get a full pie brand new let it thaw out she would put it in the freezer individually just overnight she would pack it up by the time it got to alaska it would still have just a tiny bit of ice on the top of the cheese You throw it right into the oven, brand new pizza from Brooklyn, 24 hours later. Amazing, right? I was really cheap with that shit, though, because some people don't understand. So, But there was a guy, his name is Mike Wooten, who still lives up there, and he wound up becoming an Alaskan State Trooper and being on that show, Alaskan State Troopers. Great guy. So I told him I got a shipment of pizza. I was like, I'll give you one slice, dude. That's it but you can't put it in a microwave. You have to put it in the oven. You have to put it in the oven, like a gentleman, right? So he's in my room and I'm giving him this pizza. Someone knocks on my door. I open the door and I swear, dude, he looks like you do now, kind of, which is weird on an Air Force base. Trucker hat, goatee, right there what are you doing here? You know what I mean? He's like, (laughs) and me, because I'm a half a wise ass. He's like, I'm looking for Airman Ferrari. And I look, because my name is on the outside of the wall of my dorm room. I'm like, it's right there. You're looking at him. Like, who are you? So he pulls out a badge and I didn't even like really look at it or just register what it said. And I'm like, what is that supposed to be? Just like that. And Mike was like, dude, that said OSI on office of special investigations. So now my, now I don't show him that I'm like, Oh shit. But like my stomach and my heart are in my throat, dude. So he, he's like, ah, you know, I just have to bring you to the office. You know, you're not under arrest or anything like that. We just want to talk to you. I'm thinking, whatever. I'm not stupid, you know? So we go to the other side and he asks me a couple of questions and I remember the room like it was yesterday. There's a little computer desk over here. I'm sitting on a fold-out chair. There's a desk behind me. There's a small table here to the left. And a different guy who picked me up walks into the room, sits at the computer. And then the guy that picked me up walks in and has like a Ziploc freezer baggie with a piece of masking tape on it. And it says A1C Ferrari. And there's, you know, those little little three-inch cassette tapes. There was like three or four of them in this bag, right? So I know this is just tactics, though. I'm like, you know, like, dude, you just wrote that with a Sharpie on that masking tape. And this is props. This is your guy's trip to the dollar store, you know? (laughs) So he puts that down there to make sure I saw him put it down so I could see my name. So I look at him and uh, the guy goes, the other guy goes, well, we brought you here because we know that you've been smoking marijuana, but we're not sure if you've been dealing it or not. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, and I was like, before you even say anything else, I'm like, and I turn around to the guy who picked me up, who put the bag down. I'm like, what is that supposed to be? I'm like, is that supposed to be like some hint that like you have my, like my voice on like phone taps on tapes or something like that? He's like, well, well, we do. I'm like, well, let me tell you. I'm like, first of all, I'm not stupid. Second of all, if you play one of those tapes for me and my voice is on one of those tapes, I'll tell you who killed Jimmy Hoffa. I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything. So he's like, well, under the allegations, we can't do that. I'm like, under the allegations. I'm like, if that's me, I'll, I'll tell you if that's me, I'll, I'll cop to whatever you want right now. No, no, no. So now I was like, listen, are you going to be reading me my rights, my UCMJ rights, this and that. Um, So basically, I was like, they asked me if I wanted to write a statement. I was like, I'm not writing a statement. I want an Air Force lawyer. Period. And finished. Sign a waiver. Done. Dot, dot, dot. Make a long story short. We go back to the dorms. I go back to the dorms. Well, I had to take a urinalysis then and there because of the allegations. And what's messed up is like three nights before I had smoked. So I came up filthy. And But before that all came out, I go back to the dorms and all the other guys that I was smoking with, except for one guy who lived off base. Um, we're all there. We're like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, what's going on? We didn't know who got pulled in for the random urinalysis, This, that, and the other thing. Well, once again, long story short, the one guy who got pulled in for urinalysis came up dirty. They scared him. He was a young kid. He was like 18 or 19 years old. They scared him. He dropped everyone else's name except, well, he dropped me and the only me and one other guy were the only two that didn't write a statement, but every other guy mentioned everyone else's names.
0: Yeah. Corroboration.
1: Yes. So, and it turns out that when I was in that OSI building, everyone else was going in at the same time, different, you know, different entrances and shit. So we were all in that same building, different rooms. We had no idea. Yeah. So yeah, they kept me, we kept, man, Elmendorf is the second largest Air Force base on the planet, next to Eglin, and I mowed that whole goddamn thing. I mowed that whole goddamn thing. I painted every fire escape. I planted every flower, forget it, for six months. For six months. And then they, that was that. Yeah, so I lost my GI Bill. It didn't really... You know, it just sucks that, like, I'm so proud of, like, I'm i I'm, I'm s- proud of the time that I was in, and I support the troops, and I'm a flag-waving motherfucker, you know what I mean? It's just that I was just a stupid kid who probably was a little spoiled later on in life because of where I went, where I fr- was from, and then where I went to living, like, a cushy life. And I kind of was spoiled and I had this stupid ego thing. Like nothing could ever happen to me and fuck mm-hmm. everyone. I had that stupid attitude which bit me in the ass. Yeah.
0: You know, it bit me it, in the ass. I, I'm one of those who who wholeheartedly believes that everything happens for a reason.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we do what we do. So stupid. Where, where we're at today. Is due to everything that has happened in the past. Sure, sure. I'm a firm believer in that.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that as well. I believe that as well. And that was the hardest thing that I, it was guaranteed to this day. Besides the death of my mother being so rough, the hardest thing for me my entire life to do was call my mother from my dorm room in Alaska and let her know that I was getting kicked out because I, I fu- because I fucked up.
0: Yeah. I and
1: agree. yeah, I mean, she was busting with pride. Like she came down to Lackland and this and that, I have pictures and all that stuff. You briefly met her, you know, of, of course you don't remember because I wouldn't expect you to, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was probably the hardest thing I ever had to do, you know? And I was a stupid kid, but I have no one to blame but myself because I knew better. I knew better. I knew from jump, if I smoke pot and I get caught, I'm out. It doesn't matter yeah. who I am. Yeah. And it bit me in the ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. over it, you know, but I think back on that. I'm like, you know, it still bothers me on a certain level, like you stupid bastard.
0: You yeah. know. You know, if you'd come in 10 years earlier, that would have been uh, I wouldn't say forgiven. So so when I joined, you could get busted your first enlistment. If something happened and you got busted for smoking dope and it was on your first enlistment, you could stay in, you just couldn't re-enlist. You'd still get an honorable discharge.
1: But you could just, you you can't, you can't re-enlist, you could just do four years and that's it? Right.
0: Okay, right. really? But there was no marks on your record. Wow. So, and yeah. now I think the place we're at now, I think stuff's gonna go back around to to, to like that again.
1: It probably shouldn't. I I file an appeal. (laughs) yo, what's up, man? Should I get grandfathered in? I'm a vet.
0: You got my wife cracking up over here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I still have a pair of BDUs. I won't fit in them, but I have one.
0: Oh, shoot.
1: Yeah, Yeah, still in the dry cleaner plastic, starched, like cardboard, A1C. (laughs) Right back in. That's all I have, though. As far as uniform stuff, that's all I have. I have have every single letter and card that was ever mailed to me while I was there. I have. We did a five k run when I was there, and I made sure I kept it because my number is my area code seven one eight. Is a Brooklyn area code, so I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." So yeah, yeah, I still have that. Yeah, I have my book. Actually, (laughs) right here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, man. And and I I mean I I've, of course I, you know, I I saved, you know, like our flight shirt and yeah. whatnot, the warrior code.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. Me and I'll give him a shout. His name is Chris Ionati, who I'm friends with him on Facebook as well. We were in the same flight and we drew that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I'd forgotten about that too. You know, that comes from uh Richard Marchenko. Really? Yeah, Richard Marchenko was the original Rogue Warrior. Okay, I didn't know that. And, and uh, he was, uh, he's the one who started SEAL Team 6 back in the day. Really? And so he, in, uh, and that's where I took that from, because that was the, uh, the um, what, what what I used to call that? Um, the Warriors Code. I can't remember what I used to have a name for, I can't remember. But I remember one of them was, uh, what was it, I'm the Warlord and the Wrathful God of Combat or something like that.
1: Oh yeah, dude. I'll i read them right now. I don't care. I don't, where am I going? Um Yeah, one, I am the warlord and the wrathful god of combat, and I will always leave from the front, not the rear. Two, I will treat you all alike. Just like just
0: shit. Just like shit. I love it.
1: <laughs> Thou shalt do nothing I will not do first, and thus you will be created, you will be created warriors in my deadly image. <laughs> Sounds so grim and <laughs> evil. <laughs> uh, I shall punish thy bodies because the more thou sweatest in training, the less thou bleedest in combat. In combat. Yep. That's awesome, indeed. If thou hurteth in thy efforts and thou suffer painful dings, then thou art doing oh, it. Doing right. it right. <laughs> thou hast not. Th- thou hast not to like it. Thou just has to do it. Uh Thou (laughs) thou shalt keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Great. Thou shalt never assume. Nine, verily thou art not pay pay for thy methods, but for thy results, which (laughs) by which me oh crack a little, by which meaneth thou shalt kill thine enemy by any means available before he killeth you. Thou shalt in thy warriors, mind and soul, always remember my ultimate and final commandment. There are no rules. No rules. Thou shalt, thou shalt win at all. Win at
0: goals. all costs. Yep.
1: And commandments of the warrior.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's
1: hilarious. Yeah. yeah, dude. So funny, man. Yeah. So yeah, I so yeah, I I messed up, and that was that. And then uh, you know, I went on. You know. What are you gonna do?
0: That's what you gotta do. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do.
1: I know that there's something that I have to bring up to you, but I don't remember what the hell it is. Oh, we were texting earlier. um, How I had realized that it's 25 years next month. And we were saying how, you know, it's like a lifetime ago. And like, like I said, it seems. Yeah. It's 25 years, which is mind boggling in and of itself. But in some strange way it feels like it might have been like five years ago mm-hmm. you know and then uh which you said you understood that which yeah time flies and it's crazy that it's a quarter of a century yeah. and um but and I, I responded i'm like just like 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 how the hell is this year coming up going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11 yeah which is that's that's uh, as you would obviously you know that like that's my generation's Kennedy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, I was born in '66, so there you go. Yeah, you know, I can remember vivid details of everything, you know, uh, uh, of it all, and and yeah, it's hard to believe it's been 20 years. Um, you know, putting it in perspective, I was born 25 years after Pearl Harbor. Wow. Well, and to me, Pearl Harbor was of course history. Sure. You know, so that's putting it in that same perspective, kids nowadays, well, what what what's the big deal about 9-11? What's that signify? Right. But something I was I was gonna ask you, because I know what it was like for me. And I was stationed out at uh at Nellis at the time. Okay. Out north of Vegas. And what it was like for me, especially those first 72 hours, but I've never talked to anyone. From the city that went through it really so that's what i was going to ask you is i can't even begin to imagine or fathom what that was like
1: all right well what i'm going to do i'm going to just pause this for a second and and when it goes back it'll just be like we didn't even pause what i'm saying right now because i'm going to take a piss real quick and then i'm all right right, we're back according yet okay Uh... All right, well, obviously, born and raised in Brooklyn. So, Twin Towers, I mean, it was it's just like anything else. When you grow up, like like people, are like, oh, you do touristy stuff. I want to go to the Empire State Building. I'm like, I see the Empire State Building every day. It's like you take it for granted. You know what I mean? Like right now, I work in the middle of Manhattan, and the Empire State Building is literally four blocks away from where I work. So, it's nothing to me. Um, like the Twin Towers were. Um, So, I mean, I remember it like like it was yesterday. Um, The night before, uh, me and a couple of my friends and uh, an ex-girlfriend, we were all hanging out the night before. And she was at my apartment. And she woke up really early because she had worked. She worked in lower Manhattan. And I was just still sleeping, whatever, when she got up and she left. And I remember this was the days of, there was no cell phones really yet. You didn't really, if you had a cell phone, you, you were like somebody, you know? So I had my regular phone and right next to it, remember when they, they came out with the caller ID? Yeah.
0: Right.
1: So the, uh, or a separate answering machine. And uh, so I hear my phone ringing and I don't get up to answer it. And the answer machine clicks on and it's her. And she said, she's not going to go into work because a plane hit one of the Twin Towers. So once I heard that, I jumped up. I picked up the phone. I put on the TV. Um, I guess she was also making the rounds with all of our friends. And within 20 minutes or so, there was like six people in my apartment. And we're all sitting there. And we're just like kind of still hungover and whatever and just watching. And we were all sitting there watching. And we saw the second plane hit live on TV. And we were just like, Like, did we just see what we really thought we just saw? You know, it was, like, surreal. It's like a movie, man. And um, that's when we realized something really fucked up is going on. Um, Then as the day goes on, you know, there's, you know, there's planes unaccounted for. Um, Now there's reports of, you know, a plane went down in Pennsylvania and Shanksville, and then, oh, reports came in that a plane hit the Pentagon and all that. And it was insane because within maybe the first, I'm going to say after the, after the North tower fell. Yeah. Because the the South tower fell first. So when the South tower fell, I'm going to say maybe 15 minutes later, it was a beautiful Tuesday that day. It was a beautiful Tuesday. And my apartment was on the corner. So I was able to open up like my dining room windows, my living room windows. And like my bedroom windows in there, and it was like the like the whole corner of the block. So there was like wind, you know, breeze coming from every direction. So 15 minutes after the first tower fell, it smelled like my apartment was on fire wow. because of the smoke. Um, there were pieces of paper, and now mile-wise, I mean, I mean, driving-wise, it seems like a lot. It's probably about eight miles or something like that too. Where the trade center was but i mean you could just draw a straight line it's really it's really not far at all um so there was paper and like pieces of paper in the sky coming down in my neighborhood in brooklyn and um one of my best friends his name is chris i um still friends with him to this day he um he at the time was a just fresh out of the academy for the fdmy and he wasn't sure what house he was going to be stationed in yet because he was like he was like a rookie he was like basically right out of basic training waiting mm-hmm. to go to his first duty station in, in essence
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: called me up and this was i think right before any of the towers fell or oh, shortly after and he called me up and he was like jim he's like i'm going down we all got recalled And we're all, it's all hands on deck. We're all going down. So I'm like, all right, dude, like, be careful, man. And obviously he's on a, obviously he's on a rig and he has access down there. And I saw first tower fall. I watched the second tower fall. And I didn't hear from him for like four days, five days. And now I'm just like, I don't really need to be going to this kid's funeral. Like he's my best friend and all that. turns out he was okay. But, um, he described shit down there. Um, I have a bunch of friends. Um, I have a retired cop friend who, first responders, um, still to this day have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it was chaos, man. It was, the strangest thing was, and it's this weird, quiet that 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 happened there was no airplanes in the sky except for the occasional fighter jet and to see an f-15 flying over brooklyn towards manhattan is very strange you know um i went up to a building up to the roof of a building and i i I mean it was like basically like not far away and i watch the billow of smoke and uh yeah man it was uh it was it still is i don't mean, i can't even say it was it's still it's it's terrible and yeah. you know and like you said before it's like kids nowadays like i tell my daughter my daughter's 11 you know mm-hmm. and she she wasn't even alive when the towers existed you know what i mean it's like she just yeah. knows the freedom tower that's there which is like, ugh, I can't even like I don't even look, I can't even look at it. You know what I mean? I always thought that they should just rebuild them just a couple of stories higher, identical. You yeah. know what I mean? Just a couple yeah. of stories higher, identical twin towers. You know what I mean? Just yeah. because fuck it, you know? But um, yeah, man, it was uh it was it was kind of messed up. There was one person that I knew who was an old co-worker of mine back when, you know, before the Air Force, I was working like these dead end jobs, working in delis and bagel stores and stuff. There was one kid that I used to work with who at the time, like, this is when computers were becoming a thing, the, the, the whole dot-com thing was happening. So yeah. he wound up landing, like, some really good job, and he was, like, a computer analyst or something with computers, and he was at Cantor Fitzgerald in the towers, and it was basically a direct hit. Mm. So he, was, he was the only person that I know that got killed that day. A wow. bunch of people that I know that were almost going to go. I know I know two people that got out of the building. But, yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. Pretty crazy. And it's insane that it's 20 years.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Very
0: strange. For sure.
1: Very strange, man. Yeah. Well, hopefully none of that shit happens again. We don't know. We don't That's know. That's true. We don't know what the hell this future is going to hold, man. <laughs> we won't get into politics. But Thank I, you. No, no I, don't, I never do politics on this podcast ever, ever. But we're right here. We're right here with things. Yeah. We're 100 yeah. percent Yeah. Yeah, man. For sure. So well, now before before you do you have you have to go? Can you bullshit a couple more minutes? Sure. All yeah, right. good. W- before you were a TI, weren't you like a ranger or something? Were
0: well, you a ranger?
1: I was, and then you were you were security forces.
0: I was security forces. I went through um, so let me see, 96. So in 80, must have been early 87 when I was stationed in Germany. I went through something in Germany called uh, platoon confidence training. It was an army school, and it was kind of a pre-Ranger type school. Okay. Um, over there in Bad Tolls, Bavaria, with the t- uh, 10 Special Forces Group over there.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, that was pretty intense, four weeks um, that I would never want to live over again. <laughs> Um, then I went through, uh, Air Force pre-ranger school when I was stationed out at Nellis.
1: Okay. Were you, weren't you, now let me, maybe my mind is, it's another thing for 25 years, it's always stuck in my head and I have no damn reason why. Were you stationed at Minot?
0: No. I was stationed at uh let me see somewhere in the Dakotas. I I went to Lackland I went to be a TI from being stationed at Ellsworth okay
1: I see so it's somebody else then but I have this whole thing in my head about somebody being a security cop so you know a security and standing outside where there's probably nukes in freezing cold weather in Minot North Dakota
0: yeah, I, I worked in the missile field when I was at, in uh, at Ellsworth.
1: Okay, all yeah. right. I don't know. I can't remember everything. <laughs> so, so, so you would. So, how long were you in the security forces?
0: So, um, let me see. Twenty six minus eight years as a TI is what 18? eighteen, eighteen mm-hmm. years total security forces.
1: Okay. So, at, so after you, after you were done being a TI, you went to where?
0: Uh, so after my first tour, I went out to, uh, out to Nellis and I was assigned to the uh, 99th Ground Combat Training Squadron, which is the Desert Warfare Training Center for Security Forces. Okay. Um, I started out as just a team member, got promoted to be a team leader. And then I ended up as the NCOIC of the cadre out there. And that's what I was when 9-11 hit. I was NCOIC uh, of actually of operations. Wow. So uh, great school, great time. Um, I ended up from there. Went back to being a TI for my second tour. Um, what were you at this point, tech sergeant? Yeah, I was there? a tech sergeant when I went back the second time, and I made master down there my second time.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, Crazy. Yeah. Were you ever deployed? Did you did you did you go did you go overseas to the desert at all or anything like that?
0: Um, I went my my in. I have to remember years here um, after my second tour as a TI I went out to McGuire I was with, was with the, uh, what they call the contingency response wing. Um, I went downrange a couple times there, but it was just uh, fly ins and fly out kind of thing. Okay, I didn't spend a, a lot of time in the sandbox. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So um, I did one, one mission where we took uh, detainees from Gitmo, And we took them back to their home country and and released them. Um, Oh, shit. Took me from, in a matter of a week, I went from, not even a week, from McGuire to Charleston. Charleston, um, we went to uh, Ramstein. Ramstein to Kyrgyzstan. Hmm. Uh, Kyrgyzstan to Balad. Balad is where we picked up our detainees. My my team did. And when we went to Bagram, and from Bagram, we went to uh, Kazakhstan. Oh, shit. Back to Kyrgyzstan and then back to home base, and that was in a matter of about four days. Damn. Yeah. And then I did uh, George W.'s farewell tour to the the Mideast. I went to Kuwait for that. Oh, no shit. For that.
1: Yeah, I got my stripes ripped off my arms the day that Bill Clinton stopped off at Elmendorf on his way to China. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember that day pretty well, too. (laughs) Jeez. That was after I got in trouble for being an idiot. You know? (laughs) In the hangar, this whole thing, man. There's all, you know, Secret Service everywhere, this, that, and the other thing, and Finally make it into the hangar and his Air Force One and him and Hillary and even Chelsea Clinton were all there and make a speech and hi, everybody. And I'm standing there looking and I looked over at my at like the the weird little indentation where my where my chevrons used to be. The shadow. The little shadow, (laughs) little pieces of thread sticking out. (laughs) Yeah, same day. Never forget it. First time I ever seen Bill Clinton ever in life. It was a terrible day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, so here's that. a question for you. You said you got a, your daughter's what, 11, you said? Yeah. So what would you, would you, would you let her, or would you encourage her or try and say no if she ever said she wanted to join the military?
1: If she wanted to go and she honestly really, really wanted to go, I would have a go. Sure. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to push her to go. But if she, I'm not going to be like, you need to go. I'm not, I would never do that. But if she like showed like legitimate interest and she really wanted to and asked me my advice about it, you know, I I would tell her, like, listen, I got lucky because when I was in, it was basically peacetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then nothing was really going on while I was in that affected me at all. But if she really wanted to go in, that she really wanted to, I mean, she would, she probably think the same thing. What the hell did I just do when she's at Lackland? You know, she would have those feelings as well, but if she wanted to, sure. Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. My, my daughter actually just, just, uh, got medically retired from the Air Force. Okay. It, she did six years. And, uh, of course, when she, when she joined, um, I still knew quite a few people down there. And so when she went in, I had, number one, I had spies all over the place. Of
1: course you did. (laughs) Keep an eye on her.
0: But yeah, she when she graduated, I went to her graduation and stuff. And she said, you're like some, everybody knows you. You're like a legend around here.
1: (laughs) That's great, man. (laughs) But you're dad, so that's like, oh, God, probably, right? She's like, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, you're just (laughs) dad to her. Of course. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't discourage her to do that. No. Not at all. Yeah, I would if I if I had the chance to do it all over again, I would I would have done it all over again. If I can go back in time and correct my mistakes, yeah. Sure. But then again, you know, you also said that you said it before. It's like, you know, certain things happen for a reason, man. I mean, my yeah. life took a completely different 180 turn, and who knows? You know, there's certain people I might not have met. There's certain paths I might not have taken. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have met my ex-wife. Maybe my daughter wouldn't even be here. Or you know, there's so many things that could have, sure. you know, that could have happened. So I don't beat myself up over for for a while. Like I was like beat myself up over it for a while, but that was years and years and years ago. It's like come on, yeah. man. Like, you know, tighten up your bootstraps and get on with your life. You yeah. know,
0: that's, that's you know?
1: good. Yeah, man. It's like you know. Yes,
0: yeah, when I was talking to my wife earlier before we got on here, you know. Oh, I- congratulations! I know you guys are newlyweds. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we got married in August and we actually, we just celebrated last week. We saw a week and a half ago, whatever it was celebrated a whole year since we had our first date. So wow. you know, how bad COVID is and everything like that, how bad 2020 was. Yeah. I got no complaints. 2020 is the best year of my life.
1: There you go. That's a beautiful thing, man. And I always think that too, it's like 2020, man, it's your mindset. It's your mindset. Yeah. It's all your mindset. Any year can be miserable if you let it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I joke. I laugh at myself. I make fun of myself. I break chops all day long. I laugh all day long. What are you going to do? Are you going to be miserable? You you know, life's too short, man. Like we just said, 25 years went like this. Yeah. And, and you know, like how you said, like 25 years after Pearl Harbor, you were born. I think back, it's going on 20 years for $9. i am 45. It's almost half of my life ago, mm-hmm. 9-11 happened.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, you put it in certain perspectives. It just sounds crazier. It sounds even crazier.
0: Yeah. But yeah. well, I take I take it a, even a different kind of spin. You know, I spent 26 years in. That's, well, now that I've gotten a little bit older, but I mean, you know, that was over half my life I spent in the military. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I had, I had a great career. You know, sure, there's, you know, ups and downs and stuff like that. And there was some, some shit times, but honestly, I had an absolute blast, you know, talk about it, you know, as TIs, this is something that, you know, not a lot of people, especially trainees knew, but we worked on average about 16 hour days. I'm sure you did. You know, we had our roll call at four in the morning.
1: Man, I never want to wake up to goddamn Reveille ever again, man. (laughs) You can't even use the bed like the first day of your, your morning pee. You can't even do that. You're downstairs. Next thing you know, you're downstairs doing a dance, singing the damn Air Force song. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> they get a cup of coffee around here. <laughs> <laughs> no coffee, no coffee. What was it? What was it? At least three non-carbonated three drinks. Three
0: glasses of non-carbonated, non-caffeinated beverages with each and every meal. Oh, God. I mean, you just made me remember that.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's it's like muscle memory for you, man. It's like, it's like riding a fight. <laughs> you know, you said chow running. Next thing you know, I, ha- I have your 1996 voice in my head screaming for the house mouse.
0: Oh, my God, the house mouse. Yeah. It's
1: crazy, man. I remember all this shit. It's hilarious, man. Good times, man. I look back I look back even though like I said like I screwed up towards the end. I look back at those times really fondly, man. I really That's do. Good. I absolutely do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad I wound up in your flight, man.
0: I am too. I am Holy
1: too. shit, I have to tell you one more. I I would have kicked myself in the ass. I have to tell you something. oh here we go all right <laughs> now i have i'll take pictures i have more pictures i wanted to tell you this first instead of sending you pictures and then be like what the like, what is this horse shit you know so all right i don't know <laughs> confection time dave calling you dave now um Confession time. I don't know where you went, but you were gone for the day. Gone for the day. There was one guy you left in charge. He was not a team member. I don't remember what his name was. I had a shit day that day because (laughs) he got in my ass because I forgot my cover on my chair next to my wall locker. I thought, I thought it was in my pocket. You know what I mean? So we're all lined up. Ferrari, who's Ferrari? And right there, I'm like, this new guy, he was like the substitute teacher, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, this guy is going to get all, it, this is going to be bad. So now I have my mind is somewhere else. We're doing facing movements downstairs underneath the whole thing. And you know how it looks, it's like dominoes. They all go one way when they fall, and if something happens, it stands out bad if something goes wrong. There's me, how you doing, me. Right face, now there's the whole squad, everyone, everyone, perfect, boom, boom, boom. There's me, not thinking, just like lights on, but no one's home. Everyone goes right, my dumb ass goes left. (laughs) And dude, this is like a month at the training man. <laughs> Boy, he flipped out bad once and then once that was all over with, he didn't pull three forty one he just yelled a lot. So he winds up leaving for the day and I guess he left the the dorm chief in charge or whatever. Kind of bad to do that, right? <laughs> Because there was a few of us. There's a few guys. I still have my book, but they don't, they don't have first names, first initial. So I don't know their first names, a lot of them. I would love to try to find some of these guys just to be like, what's up? But there was a few of us. There was one kid, his last name was Kenny. He was a black guy from the Bronx. As Soon as I came to your flight, I opened up my mouth and he looked at me. He was like, where are you from? Because he knew <laughs> I was from Brooklyn. It's like, from Brooklyn. He's like, yeah, I'm from the Bronx. So right there, we were like, cool. You know what I mean? So there was a whole bunch of us. I'm going to say a whole bunch, maybe like six or eight of us that were really tight with each other in there. So I'll plead the fifth if I had anything to do with it or not. Maybe, maybe not. But we took Scotch tape, right? And we took somebody's shirt, right? And we put it over the CQ box so that the people in CQ downstairs can't push that little button and eavesdrop what's going on up in fucking B-Bay, right? So <laughs> we put that over it. I can't believe we did this. And what's crazier is I can't believe I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> Holy shit, right? So never in a million years would I think this would be happening. So we we, we cover that up. And I may or may not have had the bright idea because I had a song in my head. I don't remember what song it was. I'm like, should we or should we not? We did. So we took out a little military ID card, right? I'll cop to it. I opened it up. I opened up what? Civilian luggage.
0: Yeah, you weren't the first and you weren't the last.
1: I'm good, all right, great, cool. (laughs) I opened up civilian luggage and it was like, it was so weird how people would take like their brush that they had in their civilian luggage and go over their bald head because they forgot how it felt to use a brush. (laughs) Like, yo man, it feels good to brush your scalp, right? So, I have pictures. I'll take pictures and send them to you if you want. But my, my friend David Buyer, who I'm friends with on Facebook, who was my next, my next bunkie, he has headphones on. We're listening to music. I have, like, Timbaland boots on, who has a jacket on, who has, like, money in their wallet, and they're taking pictures with money and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, yo, we have to wrap this up. It went on for about an hour, and people were acting like assholes. And I was like, yo, we have to wrap this up because that is our ass if Rauschenberger comes back and sneak attacks us. It's a wrap for all of us. And then one of you little bastards is gonna snitch me out, and I'm gonna go back a freaking week and train and for the breaking and entering shit. So this has to come to a close. But I always had, for some reason, I always had a disposable camera. I mean, and I had one in my civilian luggage, so I I, I took pictures so I have evidence of the crimes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, did yeah, you ever catch that's... did you ever catch anyone doing that?
0: We caught different things. Um, you know, we used. I told you before the story about the, when when I did the amnesty hour right after graduation, you know, before everybody shipped, that's how we would learn things that we would, we would find things out that we would use on the next flights.
1: Ah.
0: Famous for keeping stuff up in the ceiling tiles. Sure. And they popping the caps off their, uh, off their um, bedposts and hiding like candy and stuff down there. Oh, they're famous for that stuff. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: There was little stupid things that we would do, like, like sleep, like, like change, like in the middle of the night and sleep with like our blouse and straps already on because it would just be quicker to get up and get out so you could make your bed. You know, there's little small, little, little things that would make things happen quicker. Yeah. Sleep with brown? Yeah, silly nonsense that you thought would help you out, but
0: if you guys thought yeah. it was your ass. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Yeah. and something break it into civilian luggage. Yeah, we would have. That wouldn't have been a week. That would have been at least two weeks. That really a offense. Oh yeah, that's major right there. <laughs> big time.
1: Two weeks.
0: Yep. That would have. I had perfect. a kid one time. And again this was early on it may have been after y'all's flight but it was it was early on I remember the kid was Irish he was an element leader and you know again like we tell everybody you're not gone until you're gone right and forget just getting on the bus you're, right. you're, you still belong to me until you check in at your at your tech school
1: That's right
0: you no know? and and this kid <clears throat> I wish I could remember his name it start with an M but uh, I remember he was Irish and tall, skinny kid, element leader. And he thought on shipping night, and I was on CQ, because usually we pulled CQ on shipping night because we had to be there anyway. Right. So uh, I get this call, you know, from the dorm guard saying that so-and-so had been drinking. I'm like, drinking? You talking about? Yeah. So... I called this kid down along with the dorm chief and he had drank a bottle of scope thinking that there was enough alcohol in the bottle of scope to get get drunk. Really? That cost him an extra, an extra two weeks at Lackland. And he he had already, yeah, he had already graduated. So he just got assigned to shit details all day long, every day for two weeks.
1: Oh my god, man. Even yeah. I even back in my crazy drinking lush days, I wouldn't even do that. Ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine this nasty. It's nasty. Trade are just it, we were always cracking up. I mean it was the constant. That's why there's doors on a flight office. I'm sure. Those the doors that just laugh at y'all.
1: I'm sure. I figured that like after you guys would shift was over, or whatever you'd go out to whatever local bar or whatever off base and sit and drink a few beers and just laugh at the nonsense that happened that day.
0: Yeah, I'm it, sure it, every, like I said, all my stories are geared around when I was a TI. Some of the stuff,
1: yeah, you can't you can't make some of that stuff up, man.
0: No, my first LOC, my first LOC in the Air Force, was my first tour. So and it and it happened before your flight because I was young as a TI. Okay. So I was doing pickup. remember what pickup was like, you know, it was insane. It was mass chaos, you know, and I got the flight upstairs and it was that, you know, you give them a hundred things to do in two seconds to do it. <laughs> of course, you know, and I'm walking up and down the center aisle and I'm like, all oh, right, you see that towel in your bed, you're going to strip all your clothes off. You're going to put them in this bag right here. You can take that towel, you're going to wrap around, the, around your waist. You got five seconds to do it. Go. Uh, you're going to get your hygiene out of it. You're going to put them on the middle of your bed. You got five, seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this side over here, this is before you start telling them, you know, A bay, B bay or anything like that. Cause there's no understanding of that. So this side over here, you're going to go in, everybody's going to go into the shower and into the, into the latrine. This side over here, you're going to shower. Right. This side over here, you're going to brush your teeth and shave your face. Right. In the showers, and you're asking how do you get every all 52 in under the showers in such a short amount of time? To, dorm guard would go in, turn all the shower heads on. You got three seconds underneath every shower head. It was terrible. Right? So, so you know, bad. You got to go in there, shower. And this is pickup night, so nobody knows nothing about nothing already. And there's already chaos, and they're scared. Disoriented and, you here, and you're gonna, scared. You're going to brush your teeth, and you're going to shave all the hair off your face, and then you're going to switch. Right. <laughs> Go to shave and you're going to shower. Those shower and you're going to brush shave. You're going to come back to your bed. You're going to get dressed. You're going to put clean underwear on, a clean t shirt on. You're just going to stand there and wait for the instructions. Of course, you know 95% had never shaved before. Dude, no. they've got to shave in five seconds.
1: And those are shitty razors, man. Come blood every
0: <laughs> Dude, all the time. Yeah. So, I'm looking at these. <laughs> These tra- he's coming out and I'm walking up and down and screaming and yelling and throwing things and losing my mind and stuff. And I look at this kid. I, look, I was like, what the hell did you do? I couldn't figure it out at first. Right. I'm going back and forth and back and forth. I look at a stop and I look at him again. And he just standing there, you know, just stupid look on his face, blood all over the place. I look, <laughs> like, What did you do? Something was not right. Right. The third time for me to go past him, I look at him, I walk up to, him, I said, What in the hell possessed you to think that you should shave your eyebrows off?
1: Hilarious.
0: He's like, sir, you told me to shave all the hair off my face. (laughs) I got an LOC for that. Really? That was even your fault, this (laughs) dumbass. So I had to amend my briefing after that. I had to say, you shave all the hair off your face except for your eyebrows. That's the one piece of civilian that you get to keep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable, man. That is so funny, dude. We had... You said we had a tall element leader. We had, like, the smallest one. I, or, or was he... Don't, no, he was... Johnson, you fired Johnson for some reason. And I think it was guaranteed it was a joke between all of you guys because we had the tiniest little dorm chief. It's possible. His last name... I, I had to remember his name. His last name was Higginson. He was, like... Four eleven, no five feet, if anything, <laughs> tiny, just very strange, front right, like very weird, hilarious, man. I was like, I think that was on purpose. That was completely on purpose. The smallest, littlest guy could have been. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> Fucking so funny. Dude. Oh my god. Oh, let me let me just let me just throw out my little sponsors and shit real quick. Um, this is also a very friggin' small world, man. Because one of my sponsors is it's called Dead Sled Coffee. Are you a coffee guy? Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I live on it. But one of the guys who's a part owner of it, his name is Mike Thorwart, and he lives in Jersey. And I had posted a picture of I had taken it with my disposable camera the night the day of graduation. It's not BBay, but it's ABay, just to take a picture. And I posted it today. And um, well, you saw it. You saw it with the shoes that are all jacked up. So, a few hours later, after you saw it, um, he posted a comment and he had taken that picture and he said that he was in the same friggin' training squadron in the same bay in '99. Wow. I had he was like wild, and he like drew like an arrow. My bunk was on the left hand side, like towards the middle. I'm like no way. And it's funny because he's part owner of a company that sponsors my podcast, Dead wow. Sled Coffee. And here's my little quick spiel: If you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you'll get fifteen percent off of your order. And any order over forty five dollars, any order over forty dollars, is free domestic shipping. Anywhere within the United States and follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. It's my coffee guys. So if you ever want coffee, dude, tell them that Jimmy sent you. It's, it's badass, too. There's like cold brew, and I'm not even saying that because I drank it before they even became a sponsor, and I live on coffee. So all kinds of tea and cold brew coffee and flavors and strong shit and mild shit and all that stuff. And whatever you want, deadsledcoffee.com. There's also One of the last on the block, an actual record store. It's called Generation Records. They're located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village here in New York City. You can follow them on Instagram as well at Generation Records. If you go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com, you can order stuff online and get things shipped to your house. But if you're in the area, they survived so far this whole pandemic thing, and they're back open. So if you're in the New York City area, go to the actual brick and mortar spot and go grab something, anything from records. They have shirts, CDs, books, all kinds of stuff, two floors. And there's not a lot of regular actual record stores around anymore. So you should support these things if you're into that kind of stuff. And once again, they're 210 Thompson street in the West village. And last but not least, if you want to get shirts printed, like TI master training, instructor retired t-shirts or something for the guys in the area, it's, New Republic Printing. If you go to newrepublicprinting.net, there is a whole catalog. You can get anything printed on anything, any kind of branded shirts or tank tops, hoodies, girls' boy shorts, underwear, everything. They do embroidery, they do vinyl stickers, and they do pins as well. Um, so that's newrepublicprinting.net, and you follow them on Instagram as well at New Republic. Generation Records, Dead Slide Coffee, New Republic Printing. Thank you for being the sponsor. That's my sponsors, Dave. That's good it. So, what's going on now in Texas? What are you doing? How are you like in retirement? And we'll button it all up and then I'll let you go. I'm gonna stop holding you hostage.
0: <laughs> life is good. Like I said, you know, 2020 is is probably the best year of my life. That's uh great. I'm at a good spot. In life. I have an amazing wife who supports me. You know, um, it, it took me some, a lot of bad and wrong decisions in life to to find the right one. Uh, I'm just nice. beyond belief. I really am. Awesome. Um, I work for uh, Texas A&M uh, Engineering Damn. Extension Service. It's part of the A&M system. Okay. Uh, my, uh, my official title is as a training manager. Uh, I manage a training program that's a DHS and FEMA program for Homeland Security. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of instructors that work for me. I mean, I imagine I'm still in the training world. Go uh, but uh, I got a bunch of instructors that work for me, and normally we travel across the country um, putting classes on, um, usually for emergency responder types, but it's for whole communities. Um, now with the, uh, you know, we, we stopped doing that back in March last year, of course you know, when, when everybody shut down, yeah. um, we, we have started doing virtual classes. We started that back in September, okay. um, because there's still, uh, a need for the training. So that's what we've been doing. And I still work remotely. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife and I, um, we just bought some new property. We're both country folk and we like the, the privacy and the, the peace of the country.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I I love that shit, man. I like peace and quiet, man. I'm from the city, so anytime everyone could just shut up, I I I can sit in a room by myself, just quiet, and I'm completely fine, man.
0: Yeah, and and, I, and I'm gonna plug my wife here a little bit. She's a she's a real do that, and she is uh, she's one of the top agents. In in the Waco area, which Central Texas area where we're at, but she was also just selected. She was just interviewed for a magazine called Top Agent Magazine, which is countrywide.
1: That's awesome.
0: Um, she does amazing stuff. She she makes people's dreams come true. Really, you know, buying and selling houses and stuff like that. And we just actually started our own business um, investments. Uh, so R and R Realty is uh, is our company. Okay. Doing investment properties. We're actually doing our first flip now. So uh that's our retirement gig. That's what we're looking at for retirement.
1: That's amazing. Do you guys have like a website or anything like that yet? Or
0: um, I'm looking at her. We have a website yet, not yet. It's being developed, right? It's right. Developed. being Beautiful. developed. Beautiful.
1: That's good that you got things cooking, man. That's a great thing, man. I'm happy for you. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Good. I five kids and nine grandkids.
1: Damn. Slow down, babe.
0: It's awesome, man. I tell I'm you, I'm sure
1: it is. is. I'm, I'm only, only being a,
0: with in and I'm 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 Paul. That that's that's my name, and, oh, and well, it's it's awesome. I love great. my grand. I love them all, but those, those grandkids are something else.
1: I'm sure, man. One day, one day. But I told my daughter, you can't date until you're like fifty. <laughs> She's like, yeah, right. I'm gonna have kids when I'm 20. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not. You have no idea. You say that now, but
0: well, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm 54. I'll be 55 this year, and and our oldest grand granddaughter is 16. So in reality, in a couple of years, we could be great grandparents. That's crazy. Isn't That's it? crazy stuff, right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. God. It happens so fast, man. Yeah, that's why, I, t- right t- quick, that's why yeah. I always try to. Sl- I, that's why I always try to laugh. I don't get involved in drama. I can't be bothered with high school nonsense. I, you know what I mean? It's just, come on, man. When, when do you When when do you grow up? You know what I mean? So
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I try to. I always. I always look at the silver lining with anything. You know. For some reason, whatever, I can't, you can't be doom and gloom all day long. You're going to walk around your life miserable. Hell no. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I've done enough damage and enough stupid stuff when I was younger for 10 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm over that stuff, you know? So yeah, man, life's good. I have no complaints either, man. I have a great job. I have a great girlfriend. My daughter's awesome. You know, I'm civil with my ex-wife, which is rare and that's cool. You know, I really have no complaints. What How am I going to complain about? talking to my old T.I. right now. What am I going to complain <laughs> about? <laughs> you know? Good Dude, job. this was this was fucking awesome, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. This was a lot Good of time. fun. Like I said, I never thought this would ever happen in a million years. And, um, and we were talking about it a while ago when you were still, you know, you said you were going to come to New York at a certain time, but then, you know, the world went to shit. So but this is a great alternative, man. Some things about technology and, and there's all, there is certain things about social media that are good. You know what I mean? Like I would have no idea. I wouldn't have get in touch with you or any, there's so many people, you know what I mean? So that yeah. aspect of social media is good. Other than that, the time it's, it is sometimes time consuming, but I speak to a, a small group of people and basically I use it just to promote the podcast because nowadays you need social media to promote anything that you're doing. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone is on the phone. It's it's welcome to technology, you know? So yeah. it's I, I call it the necessary evil. It's a necessary evil if you have something to promote. So I try to filter out the nonsense and speak to the people that I want to speak to with no drama. There you go. Yeah, man.
0: Good stuff, man. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I, I didn't know what to think. And, and to be quite honest, when you first mentioned it, you know, what's it been year and a half or so ago, something like that. I was Probably. like, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you know, I, I didn't literally know much about it. Right. So, uh, yeah, this yeah. is cool, man. I had a good time.
1: Yeah. It just basically it's just a conversation, man. Just conversating about old shit and things that you didn't know and things I didn't know. And I had to come. I had to come clean about some stuff, man. Little certain things were bothering me,
0: you know. <laughs> well, now you can have a clean conscience about See? it. Me,
1: that's what it's all about. It's all <laughs> growing up, man, and, and accepting the shit that you did wrong.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: admitting to stuff and apologizing, but I didn't get caught. I told you. <laughs> oh man, Dave. Good man. Thank you so much, man. And we'll be in touch. I got your phone number. And I know that you you got rid of your Facebook and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Try Instagram. There's a lot less drama. (laughs) There's no drama. There's no, there's there's, it's 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 a lot quieter over there. But it's a great tool. You might want to actually look for it, look, look into it for the for the real estate business. It's Uh, a great promotional tool. Just a suggestion, uh, man.
0: Okay. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on and talking, man. It's been awesome.
1: Thank you for the memories. Thank you for all this stuff. And it sounds cheesy, but you did have an impact on my life. Even though I fucked it up later on, you really did. And I have nothing but respect for you, man.
0: I appreciate that. I mean
1: that that with everything.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.
1: You have a good night. You too. And uh, I'll be talking to you, my man.
0: All right, man. Sounds good. Later, brother. All right.